Today on State Scoop's Priorities Podcast, brought to you by Scoop News Group, California's Generative AI Report, meet Maryland's first AI advisor, and Arkansas's working towards cybersecurity standards. Welcome to State Scoop's Priorities Podcast. Every Thursday, you'll get insights into the state and local government technology community. You'll hear from top leaders across the state and local world and learn about the latest news and trends ahead for the industry. I'm your host, Jake Williams. California Governor Gavin Newsom's office says generative AI can help improve accessibility of state services and bolster cybersecurity in the state. But the technology comes with more than a little risk, according to a report. Last month, the governor's office released its first report evaluating generative AI. Leanna Bailey Crimmins is the state's CIO. Her and her office, the state's Department of Technology, worked in tandem with other departments to put the report together. In an interview in October, she told me about her priorities and how she was approaching the report on AI. So several priorities is our motto is put people first, security always. So a lot of our uh, customer-centric, really in um, advancing the user experience is something that's important to us. And then there's a lot going on in relation to the security portfolio. In addition, we are looking at broadband for all. And so there's several projects under that. And then the third priority is really just remaining future focused. So if we look at what we're doing from a people first perspective, you'll notice that the executive order regarding generative AI that the governor just released um, is really a more balanced approach. It's not just about technology, but how is generative AI going to affect the labor workforce? How is it looking at government services overall? So again, looking at the benefits, but also making sure we're balancing that with the risk and the safeguards. And then most of you know that uh, California has uh, CalSecure, which is a five-year roadmap. We've just entered the third year of that five-year, but as security threats evolve, as we look at merging technologies, we have to continue to update those policies and that that structure so you'll be seeing more in relation to uh, what's going on with CalSecure. And then when we think about broadband for all, the one benefit that I get to work on is not only access, but looking at how it creates new competition and affordability, really making a difference in lives of people that can't afford internet or don't have any internet in California. We know that one in five Californians do not have access to high-speed internet. And then we are also responsible for the digital equity plan. So we are going to be putting that out for public comment near the end of October. Uh, so we've been going out statewide. We believe like get out of headquarters, go out to the communities, listen to what barriers they're experiencing in relation to the digital divide and and how we can really build equity in our services and so taking all that information and providing a um, a report or a, a plan that then the public feels like it's a part of of them that then goes to the federal government and hopefully gives us some funds that will help uh, those communities of need and then when we look at being you know future focused that's important because we still have uh, applications that are still running on COBOL <laughs> and assembly. Uh, some people remember those days, but they're mission critical systems and how do we continue modernizing, making sure that uh, we don't, the status quo is not an option, that we're continuing looking for uh, improving lives, improving the technology, taking advantage of what's out there. And especially as we're thinking of where we're, we're going related to generative AI, traditional AI, um, we've embraced modern machine learning, uh, robotic um, assistance and things like that, but I think there's just a lot more that we could be doing in that realm. And so so let's dive into those uh, a little bit. When you talk about being people first, I mean, it's a, it's a great phrase, it's a great concept, uh, obviously uh, has big applicability across the state. What are some of the challenges? What, what is it, what, what's hard about the way that the state operates to, to, to drive something like that forward? 
Well, part of it is, at least for my department, we've typically worked through other departments. So we are a control agency and a service provider, so we've worked behind the scenes. And so working with each of the CIOs of the departments to make sure that the missions of their, if it be health and safety, transportation, that what their mission and their goals is that we're in the background being a good advisor, providing the infrastructure. But we've shifted over the last year as we've looked at broadband. We are now going to be a, you know, a long haul, provider for uh, public uh, entities and so working with the community-based organizations sitting down and, and meeting with them understanding what challenges they have you know it's not just using the latest technology for the latest technology sake it's about putting the human back in technology remembering there's a face there's a person that's going to be interacting with it if it be a senior citizen a veteran um, someone that you know you know, it's just turned 18 and now needs to utilize our services. Um, in addition, making sure that what they're leveraging is the latest, that it's secure, um, and that it, they feel like it's a good experience. I think historically, I've been in IT for over 30 years, it's about how do we automate? And I think we've got to shift the conversation from automation to experience. It's not just taking that form and making it virtual and, and available on a computer. Most of us know, especially from an equity perspective, there's a lot of households that can't afford computers or they're having to share computers. And so making more of a mobile first, uh, you're, you're, how we interact with the world is through our phone. So how easy have we made it to obtain the services they need? In addition, when you are applying for one service, maybe because you've qualified for one, a benefit calculator which says, do you know that you're also available for all of these other services? We get that on Amazon when we go and shop and say, hey, you've looked at these shoes, you might want to be considering these other shoes. Why the government can't be more, again, human-centric and more uh, client-focused. Going to CalSecure a little bit, again, big roadmap, big vision, uh, but obviously, you know, keeping people motivated over the course of a long-term vision is, is always uh, a challenge. How do you, you know, engage with those agencies, engage with the people involved in that vision to make sure they stay on track and make sure they're still uh, sort of ready to roll uh, as time goes on? Well, I believe you manage what you measure. Uh, so it's not just saying multi-factor authentication. I know we obviously have the roadmap, but it's also talking about what are people, why, why does it matter? you know, starting the why. Uh, it also is a control agency ensuring that there's compliance. So if people are not looking at the roadmap and obtaining those specific milestones, why are they not? In some cases, uh, there is a, a requirement for a corrective action plan if it's mandated. And then if it's a high risk to the state, holding them accountable for achieving that within a specific period of time. We report back to the legislature. We're obviously accounted back accountable to them. And we report on a monthly basis back to the administration. So there, you, you have to to uh, talk about the why, explain its importance, making sure that the financial part, because you know security, um, you know it, it can cost money, and so as such, you need to make sure that there's the funding, there's the resources, and making sure that the policies align to where we need to go. And and the hard part is the threat landscape is evolving. So what you need today is something that may be different than you may need tomorrow. So making sure you stay up with everything that's that's happening in the threat landscape and overall. And then sort of to close this out, obviously broadband's a big priority for you uh, going forward into the next six months or so, but but what else? What else is on that list? What's What do you hope to, to achieve over the next six months, maybe by the time of the ne next NASIO conference? 
Well, there's a lot in the, the if you've read the executive order from GenAI, there's a lot that CDT and obviously working and partnering with GovOps Agency, um, Office of uh, Data and Innovation, other state departments like CalHR and, and uh, DGS, but we have a lot that's on our plate, so we are going to have a report, uh, first report due to the governor. It's been 30 days, uh, so 30 more days we'll have a report. We're going to be reaching out to academia, industry, making sure that we know what we know, but this is in order for us to have a comprehensive 360-degree view, we need to make sure we're aligning ourselves with public and private partnerships. By March, we're going to have a sandbox. So as we identify business use cases that we feel are really ideal for generative AI, where they could actually test drive and do it in a very secure and safe manner and make sure that the results are things that are promoting responsible and equitable uh, services. And then as we look at procuring and project, you know, what uh, terms and conditions and what project approvals have to change in order to make sure that we're embracing really where the industry 4.0 is going. We've heard that this is really an industrial revolution uh, you know, in our lifetime, and so how do we embrace it but do it in a way that it stays consistent with the governor's uh, vision and the legislature's vision, but making sure we're responsible. Leanna Bailey-Crimmon, CIO for the state of California. You can read more about her and generative AI at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. Maryland has joined a growing list of states to appoint high-level officials to focus on artificial intelligence. Nishant Shah is the state's AI advisor, where he's primarily focused on building out an AI strategy for the state. He tells me about his work and what's going into his planning. Yeah, you know, I joined uh, the state of Maryland about a month and a half ago as our AI advisor. Um, so I'm primarily focused on building out an AI strategy with the state for the state. Um, uh, really closely working together with the agencies, with the governor's office, um, with stakeholders across the state, um, ensuring that we have the right voices at the table to express their concerns and excitement about AI. Uh, you know, a lot of our work right now, and the, the stuff that I'm focused on, is really building the foundations. Um, so what are the set of principles that we should be building on? Um, once we have that set of principles in place, uh, how do we operationalize them? Um, you know, you can imagine things like an AI inventory or a set of risk assessments. Um, those form the guardrails of our ability to leverage AI. Uh, and from there, um, we're looking at use cases and pilots. Um, so the best way to learn is by doing. Uh, you know, so find the high value, low risk, high learning potential use cases. Um, and then see what that tells us about our gaps in our data strategy, um, in our ability to do AI procurement, um, all of the above. And so uh, that's sort of the focus areas right now. Um, we also want to work, work, work really closely with legislatures and others who are thinking about what does AI policy look like uh, for the state. Um, so there's quite a bit going on, um, but it's an exciting time. So you're, you're so you're, you're one of a, a handful of, of AI-focused people in state governments across the country. And I say a handful, literally a year ago, there was maybe one. Uh, and now, yeah, and now you're, you know, now you're, you're part of a, a smaller but growing cohort. Uh, what is, what does that feel like for you as a, as someone kind of coming into government to, to take this kind of uh, responsibility on board? What does that feel like for you to be part of that? Uh, it's great. Uh, the work is really fascinating. Um, as you can imagine, you know, there's a lot of hype in AI, but at the same time, a lot of sort of slideware. Um, but there's a lot here. Um, I think it can truly be called a revolution. Um, there's a lot of work uh, to be done sort of ahead of us. Uh, so that's sometimes a little bit intimidating. Um, but 
overall, I'm just excited to be in a place where we can put pen to paper on some of these things that will be um, massive challenges and massive opportunities uh, for the coming years. Um, you know, something that I speak quite a bit internally about in, in Do It is that um, I think what we do in the next two to three years will have really large ramifications for the next 20. Um, so it's important that we think through these things in depth and get it right. Uh, and, and I love being part of that. And then, you know, again, you come to a conference like this, the, the, I think I talked to one, someone from NASIO beforehand and they were like, it's just generative AI the whole time, uh, which is, has definitely proven to be true for, for the most part. Uh, what is, what do you take away from this? What do you, when you come to a conference like this, what are you listening for? What are you hearing? Uh, and how's it, how are you going to bring it back home to Maryland with you? Yeah, it's been a super useful conference. Um, it's great to see the mental models that CIOs and uh, CISOs and the various folks um, sort of in CIO offices uh, have around the work. Um, that helps me to understand sort of in our own state um, how we should be framing these problems, uh, what are top of mind for different stakeholders. Um, it's great to see the different use cases that are being used in different states. Um, and to bring that, to say that, you know, X state has sort of done this and it's worked or it hasn't worked, um, that can save us time. Um, you know, uh, Josiah and um, uh, Nikhil and I, who are the other, you know, um, AI advisors, have been talking a lot about, you know, what does it look like um, to build a community of practice around this? Um, so we're syncing more, we're talking more about our uh, challenges, maybe sort of not reinventing the wheel 50 times in 50 different states. Um, so that has all been super helpful. And then sort of looking forward again, you said a big part of your role is developing the plan and sort of making the, 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 the roadmap for the, the state when it comes to AI. What does the next like six months look like for you? What do you see sort of on the immediate, you know, near term plate? Yeah, I think the guardrails work will take time. Um, again, because we want to get it right and not because like, the words are the hard part. Um, you've seen it in a lot of EOs, it's sort of all over the place. I think that's the right general set of things. Um, but because making it real is difficult, um, you know, prior I was at Meta on our responsible AI team and working on risk assessments and AI inventories and all that fun stuff. And um, I can say that, you know, it gets really complicated really fast. And so the way that you set it up is really important. Um, so I want to make sure that we sort of do that right. Um, so that is a big part of the next six months. I think um, moving pilots forward are going to be, is going to be key. Um, we need to sort of, again, show by doing, build some momentum here, um, and really move some metrics. Um, you know, what matters is that we're having outcomes that matter for residents. Um, and can we prove for some set of repeatable use cases that this is actually yielding something super beneficial? Um, so to build that culture of experimentation um, and then also our ability to do that with what are otherwise pretty tough procurement processes um, is another big challenge. Um, and I think sort of the other aspect of all this is the coordination and collaboration piece. Um, you know, there's experts in academia and civil society and federal government and sort of all over the place and everyone wants to be helpful. Um, so how do we uh, leverage those voices and that expertise in the best way possible to make sure that we're working on the right set of things, um, that sort of new models of, you know, approaching this work and regulation and all the above are um, sort of on our radar. Um, and so that's, yeah, um, you know, that's a large chunk of things to bite off for the next six months. 
and I, I know I said that was the last question, but I have one more. Uh, you, like you said, you're, you're, you're very short term into the job so far. Why government? What drew you to this job? What drew you to your time you know, in Maryland? Yeah, you know, I had actually been in government before. I was at the U.S. Digital Service um, uh, back in 2016 to 2017 um, and loved that work. I mean, it's just so impactful. Um, it's kind of refreshing to work on metrics and KPIs that are um, impact for citizens. Uh, and so that really motivates me and gets me excited. Um, and so that's primarily the reason I'm in it. And again, it's sort of that same thing I said before where I feel like we're in a window of time to get this right. So this felt like the right thing to be doing at this right, uh, at, uh, at this junction in history. Nishant Shah, AI advisor for the state of Maryland. You can read more about him and AI at statescoop.com and it links in today's show notes. Arkansas is focusing on establishing good governance around cybersecurity. Jonathan Askins is the state's chief technology officer and lead information technology official. Askins says the state is not lacking in standards across sectors when it comes to cyber, but is lacking consistency in those standards. Askins tells me how he's working to bring his stakeholders together on cyber. You can't ignore cybersecurity. Everybody talks cybersecurity, but it is such a critical aspect of your business. So we're working uh, really as a state as a whole kind of approach. Um, trying to make sure that our cities and our counties and our K-12 have standards. And that's the main thing that we're trying to work through right now is governance. Um, we have discovered that not necessarily that they had bad standards, it's that, that we didn't have standards as a whole across the enterprise. Makes it very difficult to uh, assess your risk, makes it difficult to understand where your vulnerabilities are. So what we're asking for is uh, to create standards across the state. We've passed some legislation that allows our, uh, our security office to create those standards, and then those standards are then put together through cybersecurity policies that each agency has to submit to our security office. They approve them and they go to the legislature. So uh, from that standpoint, you know, uh, cybersecurity has taken a, a huge role from us. The other thing is citizen experience, and I want to make sure that, you know, that it's easy to, to do business with the state of Arkansas. I've challenged our CIOs, I've challenged our departments, think like retailers. The retail industry did this, they went through this 10 years ago. They realized that they had to treat customers and make it easy to do business with them. I think the state of Arkansas, and, and all states really, we have, to, we have to make it easy to do business. You can't force someone to do something here and then step out, re-log back in, uh, you know, and, 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 or make them go to a brick and mortar shop to do business with the state. They should have the same kind of experience that they would have, since I'm in Arkansas, that they have at walmart.com. So if you go to walmart.com, it's easy to do business and with Walmart. If you go to Arkansas.gov, it should be easy to, to, uh, to do business with the state of Arkansas. So those are the two big initiatives that we have. And let, let's dive a, a little bit deeper into that. I mean, you know, from a cyber perspective, it's consistently been on the top priorities list. And you, you've sort of seen evolutions over the last couple of years. We had the cyber grants. We had zero trust. We've had some of these changes, uh, you know, other than just 
leveling up some of the folks you were talking about, the school districts, the local municipalities, what are some of the other cyber priorities and cyber efforts that you have going on right now? So many people are just enamored by the threat that's out there. They focus on the, this threat. This threat comes from this foreign country, this state-sponsored. Uh, that's really, in, in, in our thought, is that's the, it's really a backward way to look at that. We, we choose to focus on how do we defend ourselves. It doesn't matter where that threat emanates from. It doesn't matter what kind of threat that is. They both can do the same kind of damage. So we focus on understanding what's the landscape out there. We focus on understanding what our vulnerabilities are, and then we assess those, and then we work to, to, defense, uh, to create defense. It, it's all about resiliency and creating a resilient network. So it, that may not be the sexiest way to look at it. That may not be the coolest way to look at it. But from our perspective, we feel like that's the most effective way to look at it. Don't focus on the threats. Focus on what your defenses are. The threats will take care of themselves. And so going to the citizen experience piece, you know, this is something that in different ways Arkansas has prioritized many times over the years. Tell me a little bit about sort of the, the nuts and bolts of, of how you're you're getting to that Walmart experience. Well, we're still we're still partnered with Tyler. They're they're now Tyler Technologies. So we're still partnered with Tyler. We we have an app called Gov2Go. And in that app that that has a, a large acceptance uh, from the from our citizens. I want that to grow. But within that app, you can do pretty much anything that you need to do within the state of Arkansas. So as we start to think through what our citizen experience should be, you know, it's easy to say, oh, I want everybody to experience, uh, have a Netflix experience in Arkansas. You're interested in this, but you might be interested in this and this and this and this. While that's true, we have to understand how to push and pull that data to be able to put that dashboard in front of someone. So we're largely focused right now on what I would call the infrastructure of that, where we're learning how to push and pull that data. We're making sure that we have the, the, the sharing uh, policies and, and from, a, from a legal perspective, from a privacy perspective, that we're doing the right thing about pushing the data back and forth, then we can present that in, you know, the pretty dashboard, if you will, or the pretty next offer kind of thing. We're doing it simultaneously, but to me, there's a greater emphasis on what's the infrastructure underneath, and then who who puts together, uh, who who puts together that presentation, um, and you know, right now, Tyler is doing a lot of that in our websites. Uh, and through the gov to go out, but there's just a lot of focus on the data itself. I may have mentioned the retail industry. A lot of CRMs, a lot of CRM engines may have failed. The reason they failed is they didn't focus on the data underneath. They focused on the shiny objects, and we're trying to focus on the data underneath. And so, you know, with those two priorities in mind, when you look out over the next six months, six months in between every NASIO conference. Uh, when, when you and I talk next time, what do you want to tell me that you've gotten done? Well, next time I want to be able to tell you that we have rolled out standards across the state of Arkansas, uh, across all Arkansas departments. That law, has to, that law will go into effect October 1 of 2024. I want, us, I, I want the departments and the CIOs in those departments to understand what standards 
and, and, and what requirements we're calling for and we'll work with them to create those new cybersecurity policies. So by this time next year, you know, we're talking uh, first of the year, uh, a little bit after the first of the year, they will have submitted the first policies to us. We will be working with them to approve those policies. So hopefully by the time we get to NACIO mid-year, we've rolled those out and we can say we've got standards across all of our state agencies, cities, K-12 and counties soon to follow. So that's what I hope on the cyber standpoint. Jonathan Askins, Chief Technology Officer for the state of Arkansas. You can read more about him and cybersecurity at statescoop.com and in links in today's show notes. You can subscribe to the Priorities Podcast at PrioritiesPodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, be sure to leave a review or a rating on the podcast page. That small extra step helps more people like you find the show. This podcast is a production of Scoop News Group in Washington, D.C. Adam Butler and Carlin Fisher help put it together, and the entire Scoop News Group team contributes. Until next week, I'm Jake Williams. Thanks for listening.